Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. We help business creators like you win at the game of business and marketing so you can thrive from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion and make a difference for your community, market, and audience. Please take a moment and visit our website, www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. You'll find hundreds of episodes covering a breadth and depth of topics relevant to you as a business creator and links to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. And now, here's today's episode. Let's get started. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am once again honored by your wise decision to tune in and invest in yourself today. The Business Creators Radio Show invites you to picture yourself sitting in on a conversation where you hear a couple people masterminding and you're sort of that third person taking notes, looking for the aha moments, the answers to questions you didn't even know to ask that could change your trajectory or at least bring you a little bit closer to serving from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion. Today, I'm here in, in my sumptuous apartment sitting on my purple couch here in beautiful Las Vegas, known to some as the hottest city in America. And we are going to talk about something that is always hot. And I have somebody here who is so passionate about this subject. It's like I actually had to pause the guy and say, yo, you know, we're not actually officially in the interview yet. But, yeah, I asked him one simple question. He just took off on it. And that's the kind of brilliance and passion we love on this show. So let me tell you about him. Some of our listeners who have been with us for a long time may remember because he is a returning contestant. His name is Michael Jones, and he is one of those folks who, once you encounter him, you never forget him, and I say that lovingly. So he is the founder of 911websiterepair.com, and he has quite a story, but I'm just going to tell you a little bit about him professionally right now. He can explain everything from full website development, custom software, and website repairs for any PHP-based CMS. That includes WordPress, and that includes Joomla, folks. And he does it in layman's terms and is so great at following up and following through. So what we're going to discover today, and this is no secret to anybody, the Wild West is over. There are rules for websites and building mobile compliant websites in the Google world. And we're also going to speak a little bit about cybersecurity. So, Michael Jones, come on in. The weather's fine. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, but, yeah, I don't know where you want to start. Well, where we're going to start is, before I uh, start throwing some questions at you, is we like to go beyond the official bio. And yours is so impressive that I'm not sure, the, sure I'm worthy to be in your presence and this is my show. In fact, I'm not even sure I'm eligible to tell people about it. So we're going to turn that over to you. And the way we're going to do it is like we do with all of our guests, is tell us a bit about your journey and how it has inspired you and how it's brought you to where you are today, serving business creators from your intersection of your brilliance and your passion the way you do. Okay, started in uh, 1998. I uh, I was a musician for 20 years at that point. Uh -huh. um, time to grow up, raise my family, stay home. I, I toured the whole world. I have CDs and all that stuff out there. But anyways, um, so I went to computer school and uh, 
got a, uh, an associates in network administration, went to work for one of the first e-commerce companies that came online in 1994. Uh, two guys set up a database. The next day there were sales. And at that point, it was in the top 10, um, one of the first. Um, there I worked on search engine uh, indexing. Um, there was no such thing as internet uh, search engine indexing. There were no rules, nothing. It was all right. brand new. Marketing, all brand new. So um, I worked with them and I was making deals and I was making headway. I was the first person to figure out how to index a, uh, a Microsoft ASP file in uh, in on the search engines because back then you always had the question mark. We didn't have the SEF URLs. I figured out how to do it and we did it and that worked very well. And um, and then around about 2000, they got hacked. Um, it was the largest credit card hacking at the time, 350,000 cards stolen by a 15-year-old Russian kid named Maxim who put them up on sale for a dollar a piece on the internet. Um, actually, a lot of companies got hit. Ours didn't pay the ransom became a big deal came into work there's interpol the state police you know you name it they were there um we survived that um while i was doing that i had a, a big deal going with uh yahoo and um and several other companies um out in california so they were upset so they flew me out there to talk to them and tell them you know what happened and what we were doing about it so i'm waiting there in the boardroom at yahoo waiting to get chewed out and everybody that came into the room started leaving the room. Um, while I was sitting there, they happened to get hit with the largest denial of service attack in the history of the Internet at that time. So they just kind of patted me on the head, said, have a nice weekend in uh, in San Francisco on us. And uh, that was the end of that problem. Um, <laughs> so I went through, you know, the bang, the boom and the bust, saw a lot of things happen. Um and uh, then became a consultant. I worked for an online talk radio show um, where they were selling uh, products for their show and they had sold $147 worth in one year. I came on board and after the first year they were doing 1.3 million. Um, so I knew how, you know, they had, they had the bus, they had the vehicle, um, they just needed someone to drive it. And I knew how to yeah. put all that together. And I've done that for, for several people now. Um, so we became involved in the CMS systems early on when they first came out, started making components and plugins, went through that route, um, did that. And then um, gradually just uh, became, you know, a PHP development house. We work in anything PHP, any CMS. We've done over 30,000 projects since uh, 2000. Um, website repair. People call us up. My website's broken. We'll get you back online. Um, we have uh, a method for it. Everybody that calls gets a free assessment. Um, we tell them what they need to do, and it's their choice. Um, we, uh -huh. you know, you know, you'll see websites out there saying, you know, I'll fix your site for forty dollars. Um, tell me how you're doing that. Uh, you know, because it yeah. isn't. It, it, it's just a come on. We're real. We tell people the truth. Um, I have probably an 87% retention rate for all the years. Um, so, you know, we're at a point where we can just look at a website and in seconds we know what's wrong with it. Um, I have a staff of programmers spread all over the world. Um, most of them have been with me for over 15 years. 
Um, so uh -huh. my retention rate with my staff is good. Um, and then the other thing is we like to specialize in the real hard stuff, the, the work that other companies can't do. Um, you know, customized, customized functionality, database work, things like that. Um, that's our specialty. Um, and then, you know, through that, we have several major corporations, um, that we work with, you know, and, um, provide the back end for their sites. And we also now have two hosting companies that we are white labeled. So I won't mention them that we Great. provide, uh, development services for, and that's gone very, very well. Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're still here. We're still growing and we're dealing with all the different, uh, things that happen in the internet environment and it has changed drastically in the last 18 year uh 18 months fantastic so. my friend yeah okay so uh for our conversation today and i know that you we all when you get started on something you get very passionate about it so i want to try and keep this well somewhat concise uh, and what i love is how you make it very common for the easy for the lake person to understand so there's basically three basic areas i'm hoping that we can cover and most of the questions that you want us to share and my questions fall within these one of which is um search engine marketing and search op or engine optimization um another uh has to do with the technologies uh what site builder should we use uh hosting those types of things and then the third of course is cybersecurity. so if that sounds good, the first thing I want to ask you uh, is this is something you pointed out to me in the green room, and I couldn't believe this, but you're saying that Google only indexes the mobile layout version of a site these days? Yes, yes. So what, what Google has done is they've come out with something called the Google Search Console. Yeah. And the way to get indexed into Google is by submitting to this Search Console. You submit your site maps there. A lot of people confuse right. this with Google Analytics, and it is not Google Analytics. This is purely for indexing. Yeah. So once you submit, it will spit out a bunch of reports uh, based on the mobile efficiency of the site. And then we have to go through and fix those. So once the site goes live, then you submit it to the Google um, Search Console. It gets reports, and it can take four, six, eight weeks to resolve these reports, mostly because Google moves so slow. Um, and so Google is only indexing the mobile version. Um, the web version, they know about it. They look at it, but that's not what they use for your indexing. Uh -huh. But that said, the mobile version is created from the web version. The web version has an infrastructure that automatically takes and skews it into that mobile layout where you have all the columns. So you still have to do the web version. I've had people come and say, oh, I don't want that. I just want the web version. Doesn't work that way. You build the, I'm sorry, I got it backwards. You build the web version and then that gets configured into the mobile version and whatever you have on the web version, you need to have on the mobile version. You can't pick and choose. Google doesn't like that. Right. So, so, so yes. And then, um, you know, cause it's most important because it also integrates with your, uh, your Google, uh, my business account integrates with your uh, page speed insights for your quality score. Um, and, and, and when you do those, you will see how important it is for this uh, mobile version. Now, one other thing 
Um, and Adam, because I do get, I do go talking on and on. I do spew. Yeah. But um, but the other thing is when you build this website, you want to make sure that it conforms to what Google is looking for with the mobile. One thing people don't realize is on mobile, people do not click through menus. They're there. You still have to have them, but they right. don't click through them. So if you if 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 you need people to see things that aren't on the front page, you, they're not going to get there. So you have to have every part of your website accessible from the front page. Now that can be all done the with stuff, all the stuff that matters. Yes. Yes. Oh, it could be done with buttons. It could be done with sliders. So if you're selling products, those products need to show on the front page. If you have categories, you need to have those categories on the front page. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you're, if you have videos, videos is huge. It's a major part of the Google indexing and you, you absolutely have to have videos. Um, you want to put those on the front page because Google's also determined that uh, people do not read they will watch a video, but they will not read. So whatever you're trying to put across, you need to put across as, you know, through a video. People need to see who you are. So what we've been doing is just doing simple, you know, four to five minute interviews with our clients and putting those on people's websites, um, which really helps because um, the other thing is with this mobile is the trust factor because so many people put out websites and and you don't know who they are you don't know what their history is where they are how to contact them i mean they yeah. literally hide so in doing these videos you can now show who you are and then this is also part of a trust factor where you need to show your phone number you need to have a contact form on every page you need to have terms of service, privacy policy, return policy, refund policy. All of you absolutely have to have these. These are all part of what Google looks for. I will get people, e-commerce stores calling me up and saying, I just can't get anywhere. And I'm looking at the site and all there is is a row of products on the front page in their name. And that's it. <laughs> like, that's, not, not that's, go... that's not, that's not, that's not, that's definitely not going to work. Um, many years ago, when I was in a different business, uh, a company wanted me to uh, design their affiliate program for them. And they uh, and the best way I can describe their website is it looked like it was drawn with crayons. Their, they, the, the, and this was literally their tagline. We are the answer to absolutely everything. And that was almost all the text their website had. And it was just a bunch of products. They had these big garish graphics like, hurry. Quantity's limited. Sale. Buy now. And I I filmed them a 10-minute video about why I couldn't help them with an affiliate program if that was going to be their website. They tried to ignore my video and insist that I just do the affiliate stuff with their existing website. And I said, sorry, I can't help you as a client. Because, <laughs> and, and I mean, this is, I mean, you're going beyond the algorithms of the search engines. And now we're getting into human beings. Because ultimately, and particularly with the rise of artificial intelligence and the machines and everything people are being accustomed to the idea of interacting with bots with technologies with avatars and with websites as if they're human beings so and it's also my understanding that google bing yahoo etc are also recognizing the importance of natural search when indexing websites not uh, contrived search based on keyword reports but 
if I was looking at example for my cats right here, I would say, um, what's the best, what's the best brand of catnip for my cat? I'm not going to type best catnip for cats. I'm actually going to type in the search. What is the best type of catnip for my cat? Am I right about Correct. that? Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. And that's, that's where the, uh, AI results are, are coming in. And, um, Absolutely. Yeah, they don't they don't do that. Um, one thing people don't realize also when they're building these websites and I'm going to revert back to something you said in the beginning that the Wild West is over. There are rules. You can't just do whatever you want. You follow the rules and you're going to do well. Um, but if you don't follow the rules, you're just wasting your time and your money. And, you know, you probably get it and I get it where people know I want this way. I only want to do this and that's it. And then you're stuck. You can't move on with them because you're doing it wrong and you won't succeed. Um, so um, so anyways, with this new search results, any one page is only good for any three keyword terms. So whatever you want to be found for needs to have its own separate landing page. Um, right. If you're doing if you're doing products, those individual product detail pages are the landing page. I go to so many sites to buy a product and there's no description. There's no nothing. There's just a click the cart. No, that's where you put the pictures, the video, the details for that product. And you can actually word it as, you know, um, this is where you get your stock lease skis. You know, because that is what people search for now. And and they're pretty smart in deciphering it. Um, if anybody's, you know, one thing one thing we're doing now, we're doing a lot of writing using uh, chat GPT. And you just go in and you say, you know, write me an article on what kind of cat food the cats should eat. And it comes up with the whole article. It's the same thing as a search engine, except it's telling you the whole story. So you're absolutely right about that. Um, but if you don't have this information on your website, you never it's never going to happen. And also, one thing people don't realize is they're looking for an article about, you know, what type of cat food my cat should eat. And you write that as an article telling about cat food, you're going to do well. But what people don't realize is the keyword tags are not used anymore. If you use the keyword meta tag and you use it wrong or the alt image tag, you use it wrong, you're going to get penalized. Yeah, yeah. With, yeah, in our work with our with our podcasters, we actually tell them, don't put keyword tags. That one I already knew. Uh, yep, but, don't you know, do keyword yeah, tags. Yeah, you, you bet on your title and your description and then other elements within the copy of the website, which you're familiar with, such as transitional words, sentence length, not having four sentences in a row start with the same word, uh, all those little things that aren't exactly the sexiest part of SEO, but can get you that very high SEO rating for that post or that page. Now, here's one other approach to it, and this is how we approach it. There's two things. There's search engine ranking, and there's search engine infrastructure. And now the infrastructure is so complicated because of these Google requirements and the Google Search Console and what they're looking for and the PageSpeed Insights and what they're looking for is we do the infrastructure. At that point, you can go to pretty much any any search engine company and they can start ranking pages for you, building backlinks or whatever. But we do the infrastructure. 
And that's yeah. building the framework and setting the website based upon what Google needs, the Google compliancy rules, such as I've been saying, the trust factors, the mobile layout, contact forms, um, you know, things like that. Phone number, clickable so that people can call you on a phone with just clicking it. Um, so we're taking care of that, putting your your high points of your text into bullet points. Um so we're we're doing all of that, and that and that is enough. It it is so complicated. People don't realize this, and and it also when we get when people contact us and I give them their twenty minute assessment. Um, this is what I'm looking for is the infrastructure, and then most people don't realize that most people do not click on the Google ads in Google. People actually look at the organics. Uh -huh. And it's something like 77% of the people will click on an organic before they'll click on a paid ad. They know. They know when stuff is being thrown in front of them. And half the time, the paid ads don't even relate to what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, certainly. And sometimes they mention the competitor of what it is you think you're looking for, your own competitor. Now, um, my primary business these days is working with entrepreneurs to launch your podcasts. And uh, one of the things that I... And this is a little dirty secret that I whisper in their ear, but I'm going to say it publicly now. A lot of these podcasts that you think are highly influential, so they must have millions of listeners and downloads, barely have any listeners and downloads. But yet, they command so much industry authority due to the quality of the search engine marketing and the overall marketing of the podcast itself combined with the influence and reputation of the host. So I, and I've tested this again and again and again. I know I have quote unquote listeners who have never clicked play on any of my episodes, yet they seem to know everything we talk about. So right. what we found is that simply putting up a, putting up a quick post with a, with a player plugged into your, your power press or whatever you're doing to, uh, to, 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 to syndicate and put on your website and say, in today's episode, we spoke with Michael Jones about 911 website repair. Click here to learn more. That's actually going to be very very bad for your show. You I mean we have a we have a like a default formula for writing out your description and your uh and the guest offer and then links to their websites and such so you're creating outbound links which is important for search engine optimization and also structuring all the area around the post with banners to and this is actually one of the reasons i don't normally share why we encourage people to put the podcast on an entirely separate domain even if it is there to promote their business and the reason is is because when you have those banners on your site that link back to your business, because you are your own advertiser, you are your own sponsor, you're actually contributing to what I like to call the ring of fire of websites that you can use to rank each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else is important is these uh, YouTube shorts are just, you know, you just get that little app on your phone one minute you rant about whatever you want to tell the world about and you put that on your website and your social media people eat that up yeah I've, you know they um they just love it it's quick it's easy to do um you know the podcast videos you know 
uh, same thing, doing interviews with my clients just so they can have a video. Um, these videos are crucial at this point. They are like one of the first things that Google looks for is any kind of video, however you're going to link it together. Um, you have to have those. I thought we were going to be using cameras. I actually had a screen share set up to show you the setup for uh, indexing videos. Um, and a podcast is a video, a live show. So it's a video. Right. Well, uh, you know, if you have a, you know, if you decide at some point to create a resource and put that on your, your YouTube channels, let me, let me know and I'll make sure that our community knows about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been posting all along. I just get an idea in my head and I just grab my phone and do it. And, uh -huh. you know, and um, I, I just did one the other day, went out, out in the backyard by the frog pond. I live in the hills and all the trees were, were turning and didn't even look at me. I just showed the trees turning and went on my rant for a minute and posted it. And and I actually get responses. Um, these, you know, it's very important. Um, that and um, and these this website infrastructure, um, which is one of the things I wanted to hit on. Um, you know, um, there's an SEO infrastructure, which I said, search engine optimization infrastructure yep. versus actual indexing. And that and that's where we're at, because we don't build this website to Google rules. You're not going anywhere. And I see it all the time. And even you were alluding to the description um, of what the website was. So many people, like you said, they don't even say what they're doing. You know, underneath your header slider, it's called a hero underneath your header slider you should have a yeah. paragraph there that tells google what what are you doing <laughs> yeah 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 and if you're using a plugin like all-in-one seo or yoast they have built-in algorithms that take into account all of the general principles of search engine optimization uh and they'll give you alerts uh, you know you have you you're, you're good on this this needs improvement you need to include this add this subtract this just follow those steps. Just do what they tell you to do. Uh, like one of my like one of my current life goals is anytime I post a blog post. Uh, sometimes it's a little more challenging with podcast posts uh, just due to the nature of them. But if I'm writing an authority blog post, I will not settle for less than a hundred out of a hundred for my AIO SEO score. Just won't. Right. I I mean right. that 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 it's like because once I crack the code. I realized there's no reason to settle for less. Uh, and it sometimes involves a few things. You may need to let go of that zinger of a title that you thought would be so great. And yeah, you can actually use that zinger of a title for some of your promotional materials, that, like social media posts, emails and such, that drive people back to that blog post. But you got to have an SEO compliant blog post title. Uh, like I have done things where just changing one word can add or subtract 15 points. It's amazing how powerful this stuff is. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So real quickly here, um, before we get to the next part, um, you know, you mentioned a bifurcation between squeeze pages and landing pages. Now, when somebody comes to me and says squeeze page, the first thing I think is, did your, did your education in internet marketing end with big seminar eight? which was almost 20 years ago, because I haven't heard the term squeeze page really since then. Uh, now, if you could explain to me from your perspective the difference between a squeeze page and a landing page, and I think your point of view, correct me if I'm wrong, is the landing pages are better. So tell me about that. 
All right. So what's been happening is a lot of my clients will work with uh, marketing companies because we don't do marketing. We we're we're strictly a PHP programming house. Uh-huh. Um, so we don't do the actual marketing, although we set everything up as best we can as part of that Google infrastructure. Yeah. So what what's been happening is I get calls from marketing companies saying that they want us to build squeeze pages for their clients. And I come back and say, you know, what that's like 15 years ago. You don't do squeeze pages. Google frowns on squeeze pages because anything you do to try to manipulate your indexing, Google's going to hit you for. You need to do it organically. So a squeeze page is one that just has a call to action. Use me, look at me. And I'll give you the world if you fill out my form and let me talk to you for 20 minutes. Right. That's a squeeze page versus a landing page is an actual information page. So say you have red widgets so and blue widgets and green widgets and orange widgets. So you're going to make a landing page for each one of those. And each one of those is going to have information about that widget. That information is going to be a title, a description, an FAQ, a picture, a video, how to get it, but no necessarily, not necessarily just a special offer to get it out there. It is a landing page because the way Google is set up is, this is something people miss, you know it, is people, you're not branded. You know, unless you're Coca-Cola, you're not branded. Right. So people aren't going to put in your company name, the Red Widget Company. They're not going to put that in. What they're going to do is look for the Red Widget, you know, with two turbocharged uh, fusion capacitors. Okay. They're going to look for that. And instead of finding your main page, they're going to find your detail page about that. And if that interests them, then they're going to go through the rest of the website and find it. So no one's looking for redcapacitor.com. They're looking for the specific product, you know, big red rubber balls, boost, spectacular, you know, uh, you know, product. So that is the landing page. And that's what I was saying. Every product detail page is a landing page. They're looking for your product. They're not looking for you. There is no loyalty anymore. Right. They're just looking for their product, just like with the cat food. They're looking for the cat food. They're not looking for Purina. They're looking for the cat food. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And uh, and here's a question on a different subject here. When you put a video on your webpage or your blog post or something like that, uh, I'm curious about this. Where should that video be hosted? Should it be on something like YouTube or Rumble and then you embed a code? Or should you put it on a- Amazon AWS and use a, a video player native to the theme, whether you're using WordPress or Joomla or whatever? What's the best way from a search perspective? I always tell people to do it on uh, on YouTube. Um, well, because well, I'm, not, well I'm, I'm saying always put it on YouTube, obviously. But I'm saying when you put that video on the web page on your website, should you use a YouTube, YouTube player? Uh, yeah, so the YouTube player is the best. Yes. People don't realize the number one biggest search engine is YouTube, not Google. Yeah. Okay. So you want to make sure it's there. You want to use the short code and you want it to load from YouTube. The reason is, is you don't want it to use your disk space or your bandwidth. It will slow you down. Mm -hmm. Those videos are crushing on the page speed insights. Of course they are. 
So, I mean, they just slow you down, you know, especially on mobile. Because um, you've got it on mobile, you've got to get at least a 40. And on the web version, you you should at least be getting a 75. Yeah. Um, Google looks at those scores and those scores are important. So when they talk about a quality score, those are the scores, the page speed insights, the GT metrics. It's those scores. Now, if you and also it's expensive to host video. Most people are getting cheap hosting accounts and they and, and they just, you know, it they just don't load and it, it takes up your bandwidth and they just yeah. keep bumping you up to a higher level. Now, if you have a huge, if you're a video site, obviously you're going to do it on AWS. But if you're just loading, you know, in uh, just streaming video, you put them on YouTube, use the code, and that works perfect. And then you just put a description of the video um, around the video before or after it so that Google knows what it is. But you're also going to index those videos individually through the Google Search Console. So they will count for your um for your uh, video score and your uh, core web value score, right? So, so whether you so whether you use the YouTube player and embed it in the web page, or whether you you stream it off AWS and put it in a video player, it's still going to find its way into the video search on Google. Am I correct about that? Yes, yes, oh yeah. Well, you do that through the um, the Google Search Console. There's now yeah. an actual video section for uh, for indexing your videos, and of course. Google makes a decision, they pick and choose, you can't control it. But if you follow the directions and submit everything in the in the uh, Google Search Console video section, you will actually end up with a slider of videos underneath your Google listing. Oh, okay. So I have okay. that. So underneath some of my listings, I actually get that slider of videos. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. So um, Google's still working that out. And it even says that, you know, not everyone is going to get included. But one thing you can do is you put the individual video for each landing page on the landing page loading from YouTube. Mm -hmm. But then you also put a, a create a page that has a full video player so that all of your videos are available from one page. Right, exactly. So one more. So what I want to do now is I want to, and I know it seems like we're starting to pick up speeds because we're halfway through and there's still so much I want to cover here. So let's move into technology a little bit. And I love everything you're saying so far. People, subscribe to the Business Creators Radio Show just so you can get this episode. You want to listen to it three or four times. Um, so this has been a debate that every business I've been in since the beginning of time, um, hosting cheap versus good hosting. Oh. So just just go off, my man, please. Okay. Let's just say the number one hosting company that everybody knows the name of. So people go there, they get it cheap. And they're constantly throwing add-ons at you, which you can just ignore. You don't need them. Uh -huh. uh, um, so I had a website. And beautiful site. Uh, it was a wedding DJ out of Washington D.C. So he was doing all the all the big, you know, congressional parties and stuff. Uh -huh. um, and we built him a beautiful website. And on my server, it was loading in two seconds or less. On his hosting account at this unknown, not to be revealed, major hosting company that everybody I heard of. I know who you're talking about. It's the one where every single time you try 
and install something, they say, oh, you actually have the wrong package. You need to upgrade to this. Yes. Well, we'll get into that. Uh-huh. So, so here's what happened is they throttle the bandwidth down to one meg. So even they're saying that they have, you know, a terabyte of bandwidth or you got 50 gigs of bandwidth. You don't. That account may have it, but they throttle it. So this guy's complaining and complaining. And I'm like, you know, I've got to move you. So as a test, we moved him to another hosting company that I work with. And the whole thing loaded in one second or less. We didn't make a single change. That was the difference between hosting. You want to get good hosting and good hosting costs. But, you know, you're you're buying a car and you're going to put cheap gas in it and you're going to put on, you know, $50 tires. And I mean, you know, your website is your business. You know, you have to invest in that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Cheap hosting. That's like uh, that's like becoming a bodybuilder and then just going to McDonald's every day. Now, there's the 90-10 rule. So I'm sure you know what 9010 is. Uh-huh. Um, okay, so with so a lot of these hosting companies are now giving managed WordPress plans. Uh-huh. So it's WordPress, WordPress in a box. You don't really have access to much at all. And their idea is that 90% of all websites are simple and do nothing. They go nowhere. If they even last six months, they just disappear. Yeah, I run. I run. I run for managed WordPress hosting personally. Oh, we do too. It's the worst. Yeah, you you just don't have the flexibility to manage the hosting environment, which people don't realize. So as soon as you get away from a five-page simple website, you're you're done. You got to upgrade. So, um, yeah. So, anyways. So the managed hosting um, also throttles everything back because they're they're looking at 90% of people just having a simple site and never, ever having to do anything to it. And the other 10%, those are the ones that they have to upgrade. So it's become a sale, a sale tactic uh, for the hosting company. And, you know, and it's, it's the same thing kind of with some of these hosting companies too, that do uh, cloud, cloud hosting. Yeah. Um, you don't have a server. You have don't have the functionality. We actually recommend hosting companies that are using WHM and cPanel. Because yes, me too. Actually, you can actually get in here and you can set all the settings for the server. And it's like tuning a car. You know, it's like, you know, you have that mechanic. Your car runs like a putt, 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 putt. And you take it to your mechanic. That's a whiz. And the next thing you know, it's vroom, vroom. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh so here, so here's a, a an interesting follow up question. I agree. Um, unless you have like one or two simple, relatively simple websites, and that's about as far as you're going to ever go. Um, you really need to have some kind of hosting where you have your own WHM. It makes a big difference when it comes to being able to create new accounts, create new cPanels. Um, if you believe in the IP address strategy, be able to implement that, and also. When it comes to things like managing your PHP any file, like, uh, you know, you get to a point where you may need to increase those variables just for your web pages to load. So you have more speed. um, The whole page loads more efficiently. You don't constantly get white screens when people are trying to load it. Um, And if you're, you know, installing WordPress and you've acquired a theme and need to pull their demo content, that can be the death of it, too. Now, uh, you know, now, I mean, you know how to find a php any file through ftp and do all that then most people either don't or like me that 
see no reason to. I want to go into my WHM and use my, uh, let me just look it up right. I'm logged into my WHM. I want to go to my multi-PHP any editor yes. and my multi-PHP manager where I can literally with mouse clicks upgrade my version of PHP and make changes to the PHP any on a per website basis. So if I yes. really need to boost the settings for just one, I can do just that one without affecting my other sites. And then I don't get the whole, but you're on shared hosting and that's not fair to our other customers. Well, no, I bought the box. I can do whatever I want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and then also here's why you're talking about WHM and cPanels. Um, one of the things that improves cybersecurity tremendously is that it used to be that you could get a um uh you know a hosting account a c panel um but you can't add other c panels to a c panel you would just have the one c panel so then people uh. were just doing shared shared subdomains or shared folders and putting yep. 15 20 websites all in this one folder yeah, they, have, yeah they, could, they call they call those add-on domains uh and uh right. yeah tell me what was happening i already know the answer to this one it was a tragedy Yes. So one website would get hacked and it would traverse the whole account horizontally and hack every single one, every single subfolder, every single yep. add on domain. And so once they then they had the idea, oh, well, we'll put it up a level that didn't work. And so now they don't allow that anymore. So you actually, if you're going to have multiple websites, you're going to need to get a, a, a WHM and a C panel, at least a reseller's account, something so you can have those separate C panels because now they're isolated. If they get hacked, they can't go from C panel to C panel to C panel the way they were able to from add-on domain to add-on domain to add-on domain. Right. Um, and that really resolved a lot of the hacking issues right there. And it's something the hosting companies had to do. People complained. It costs money. Everything costs money. Yeah. yeah you, know, the, you know, the way the way I look at it, too, is, again, uh, with the WHM, you just have control. You don't have to do all kinds of things that otherwise you need all kinds of special FTP softwares and to be able to edit uh, PHP files and things like that. That, uh, you know, if the technology is there, why would you not use the, the technology? Now, you alluded to something, and we're recording this in October of 2023. Something similar to this will probably be applicable in a year from now and in a year from now from that is to be aware of what version of PHP you are using. Like for my business and for all of our clients, as of this recording, what is coming up is we've got to make sure that all of our PHPs are in the 8.0 range because okay. that's pretty that's pretty much what's current now. And Do you want uh, me to go into that? I want you to go into a little bit, yes. And I also want to caution our listeners that if you went and got some highly customized bespoke thing because nothing that WordPress or Joomla or an established company could offer you was good enough for you, that you might be calling up your developers again and getting a new bill for that. So, Michael, take it away. Okay, so about two years ago, there was a denial of service attack uh, done by hackers to major hosting companies. 
Um, I know people, I know what happened. It was tragic for the hosting companies and for their clients. Uh, some people, their office 365 email didn't work for six to eight months before uh -huh. it was recovered. Um, so what happened was they came in through PHP at that time. We were up to about PHP 7.2 or so. Yeah. Um, so the solution was to come out with a new build of PHP. They came out with PHP 8.0. Now we're up to 8.2, I believe. So that resolved the problem for, for um, the hosting companies and for websites getting hacked. Um, the problem is that the websites, CMSs, including WordPress and Joomla and others, were not compatible with that version of PHP. So right. all of the CMSs had to come out with a new version. All of the templates had to come out with a new version. All the components, all the templates, I'm sorry, and all the plugins and modules all had to have upgraded versions, which took time. So in order to do those, though, because some and even WordPress to some extent had the same issue is the compatibility between the old version of PHP and the new version. Not all of the plugins got upgraded to the new version, not yeah. all the templates. So you couldn't just click on the upgrade button. In many cases, unless you had a very simple website, it did not work. You just crashed. And so many people did it without a backup. It was horrible, yeah. but they didn't know. So now what we recommend to everybody, and as I said, we've done thousands, um, is to get to the PHP 8 version, we install a clean version of the CMS, clean version of the template, all the components, plugins, and modules, and then we import all of your data in. And that way you have a good, clean, new infrastructure without carrying the history of that CMS, which go, go, go back almost 20 years if you're in the case of WordPress. Yeah. And then it be, creates a, a stable platform. Um, so just so many people crashed. And then the other issue was if you customized your code, you couldn't you you lost that if you upgraded, even if you had it in snippets or oh, includes. Or, yeah, that all and, goes away. and that became a lot of people were upgrading and just blowing everything away. But this has to be done because it was so crucial that the hosting companies right now, I know of three major ones that actually set a deadline and said, look, we're upgrading our servers. You won't have anything less than PHP 8.1 available. And if you don't upgrade your website, you're on your own. Yeah, yeah. It's um, gonna crash. Yeah, I don't yeah, I'm not sure if Liquid Web is which is one I'm familiar with is you know being strict about that, but they are coming on hot and heavy with the PHP, my sequel. We're going up. You best come with us. Now, this goes back very briefly to why I recommend everybody have a, a WHM. And before you buy hosting with WHM, one of the questions that I know to ask is does your WHM Give me the multi-PHP any editor and the multi-PHP manager because here's where it matters. Let's say you have 15 websites and you spread them across maybe 10 cPanels uh, and you do the upgrade to 8.2 on your PHP. Now, on one of those, on that one cPanel where you have those add-on domains, the third and the fifth sites are using some theme you haven't upgraded in a long time. And when you take them from 7.3 to 8.2, they just zero out on you. Oops, there goes your website. Now you know that you can temporarily drop those two, just those two, back down to 7.3 where they still work, find out what you need to recover, and then do a proper upgrade expeditiously and efficiently 
so you don't end up losing your website besides this is what my company's dealing with every day yeah um every call everybody's going through this but here's something else that technically some people should know why why can't they just keep running multiple versions when they upgrade a server to the new version of apache it no longer has any version of PHP prior to PHP 8. So when they upgrade these servers, it's not retroactive anymore. You can only go forward with PHP 8 and forward. And that's been the big the big problem and why they have to do that. They actually can't even include, they're so vulnerable, those old versions in the Apache setup files. Right. How about, right. How about that one? Oh, I know. I mean, and, and this and this is the thing, and this is what I've alerted all of our clients to, um, because I have I have five legacy clients from all my previous businesses where my firm still handles this, and this is something we offer all of our podcast uh, clients if they took our recommendation on hosting, is uh, that uh, we may need to go in there and we may need to do some upgrades because this time this time is right. So. Uh, before we move on to cybersecurity, and it's actually a good bridge to it, by the way. Um, as far as um, now, I'm I prefer WordPress myself, and I you may have different idea, you may have a different preference. I know you do a lot of work in Joomla, for example, and some of the other ones. Now, uh, I believe that when it comes to WordPress themes, because I can speak authoritatively on WordPress, do you want to find a theme that is popular, robust? uses a simple but effective widgetization structure that allows that gives you dozens of elements it makes your design very easy is supported by a robust corporate infrastructure that works constantly on keeping the theme up to date uh being ahead of any security issues and php upgrade issues so that it'll keep working as you go along now for us if you work with us and you want us to create your podcast website you're getting it into you're getting it in avada avada there's no discussion on that point uh you can pay an upgrade fee for us to pick one of their 93 pre-made designs uh but for the basic package you get avada and you get the avada classic which uh we have a custom framework we pull in for um, the reason for that is we want your website to last forever Okay. We don't. We I don't want. We, we, yeah, we don't want to deal with that. So I'm. I'm. I'm putting my view out there, and if yours is different, go ahead and say it because there's okay, more my, than one point of view here. Okay. Here's here's my 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 WordPress story. We work in WordPress. Okay. Yeah. Don't don't get me wrong. We. Oh, do I know it. you do. I know you do. There's no way to avoid it. Um, it takes ten plugins to do what one Joomla component will do. Okay. A proven fact. So now you're dealing with all these different pieces that have to come together where I can just get a Joomla component already has all those 10 pieces built into it and all I need to customize. From a programmer's point of view, working in, in, in WordPress code is like putting a square peg into a round hole. Remember, WordPress dates back to 2003. Um, although it has been modified to some extent, once they redid the platform when they went to six, um, Joomla has rebuilt its platform five times during this time in order to keep moving forward and keep it as a true CMS. Um, and that's one thing they went to now was they went to the Symphony platform, which is is just wonderful. I mean, it's it's a whole new world. 
The next thing is um, with with WordPress, um, you get a lot of kids or beginners who will say make a theme. They'll post it out there on Template Monster or whatever, and they're like, "Look what I did! It's my high school class project." And then we're getting websites with these themes that are just horrible, and we have to just start over. Um, because they're not fixable, they're poorly coded. The vetting process, although they do have one, is not as strict and rigid as the Joomla. Joomla tends to have, instead of individuals, tend to have seasoned professionals and actual companies making the components, modules, and plugins. WordPress, I know I'm smashing it here, doesn't tends to can have amateurs making plugins, and that's what we get a lot of calls. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, we just did one. Um, and it was just really poor quality plugins. We had to switch out all the plugins to more commercial grade. Um, so, you know, so that's, you know, my, my big thing is the number of plugins it takes, the quality of the coding, the history of the platform. It's, it's, it's a blogging prep platform that they've added onto. It's not a yeah. true CMS and the customization, um, uh, road is much tougher and the quality of the plugins and the themes is not as strictly regulated as it would be for Joomla. And a lot of times you're just getting junk, which just complicates the whole, um, you know, uh, customizing right. of, uh, of plugins. So that that's where I'm at. Also, 83% of all, all websites, um, sorry, um, is it, uh, uh, 83% of all WordPress websites get hacked every year. Uh, 43% are hacked at any one time, even with doing all of this server stuff with the add-on domains and doing cPanels. Um, and in a lot of cases, the best approach to everything is to make sure you have uh, good backups. Um, we use Akiba backup on all of our sites. It's free. As long as you have the disk space, it's just two clicks to make a backup, save the backup, and then we can restore a site in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, manual backups are so important. Don't trust hosting company backups. Whenever you need them, you find out that they never ran, usually because you're over your disk quota or um, or they have another trick they do. Where oh, you, you that's, another, that's another thing. Pay attention to your disk quota. And for God's sake, when you're putting feature images on your blog posts and your pages, don't upload the freaking six millimeter, uh -huh. six megabyte version of the of the file you bought from 123RF. I mean, kudos to you for actually paying for the pictures and complying with the license. That's awesome. And everybody should be doing that. Uh, but seriously size your down, images size the images and also crop a little bit off of them or adjust the colors a little bit because you want to make it at least a little bit unique uh that's well, something that's up, some, yeah why don't we just why don't we just jump to that because we are uh we have about 10 minutes left and i do want to get a few minutes in on cybersecurity. i'm going to ask you one question about that and i'm just going to have you repeat what you told me in the green room so let's do images and cyber security and we'll wrap Go ahead. Let me fit one more thing in. Go ahead. Okay. On resizing images, okay? Hosting companies, they'll tell you you've got X amount of disk space, but you have a limit on the number of files and nodes. So you may have disk space left, but you're over your limit. That's the trick. Number two, 
images. Yes, you absolutely have to resize them. Google now has something called WebP. It is a new format to try to raise the scores for the quality score for Coral Web Values. There are WebP plugins. All of your images have to be converted to WebP for the Chrome browser. The other browsers can still show the old pings and the JPEGs. And if you don't do all of this image stuff, you will never get a good score on the Coral Web Values. Right. Okay, sorry, I had to throw that out there. Really oh no, but no, no, but that, that, but now, but Ashley was expecting you to say that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that's what I meant by let's finish up the images thing because I kind of knew that's where you were going. All right, so cybersecurity. Um, you shared so much on this in the green room. I had to remind you we weren't officially recording yet, so I basically said bookmark this. I'm going to ask you a question about it, and then I'm just going to turn you loose. So. Basically, what I want to you know get from you is just overall, what is the latest we need to be aware of as far as cybersecurity? Because hackers are getting more sophisticated. In fact, one of our clients got a website wiped out a couple weeks ago as a result of hackers. Um, the silver lining to it is their theme was going to go end of life and wasn't compatible with PHP 8 anyway. So they were rebuilding a website regardless. But it was very sad because... They didn't get to do it on their own timetable. And it also messed up their Google results because Google decided to spider right when the site was hacked. So we're now in the process of recovering their Google presence, which we've gone a good way toward doing. But uh, tell us about cybersecurity and what we need to know. I'm just turning you loose, my friend. Okay. Again, you want to use WHM with cPanel because uh -huh. w WHM, you can put a firewall on, on the server. I recommend uh, config server firewall. Um, it's a hundred bucks, but it's the best hundred bucks you're ever going to spend. Also, a good hosting company will be able to adjust the mod security rules for that server, which will help to protect you. Uh, by the way, you're using Liquid Web, they're very good at editing those uh mod security rules on all their servers, have firewalls. The next level that we use is for WordPress and Joomla, we're using RS Firewall. Uh -huh. Um, I think it's 40 bucks, uh, very configurable. It's awesome. Um, and since we put, since I, I don't have any websites at all getting hacked that are using RS Firewall or using um, a WHM cPanel setup. Um, they just don't get in. Oh, and the other thing is for your SSL, you don't want to use the cheap unsigned SSL. You want to get a good SSL, which is going to cost you probably $125 a year, but you don't want to get that from a third party. You want to get that directly from your hosting company. If yeah. you get it directly from your hosting company, they will install it for you. If uh -huh. you get that from a third party, they'll give you the information you need, but you need to be a rocket scientist or hire somebody to do it. Whereas it's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Hosting company will just do it. So you want to make sure that you have a signed SSL certificate, not the cheap free one that comes with it. I'm not knocking those. They work. But if you're on, if you know, if you're a target, you know, and that's the other thing. If you're a target, you're a target. They're going to get you no matter what you do. Okay. Right. There's yeah. no, no way to stop them. Also, make sure that you change your passwords and your usernames every six months or three months, probably yep. every 90 days. Make sure you change those. Don't wimp out on that. It's a pain for everybody. Um, and again, a really good hosting company, you're not going to get hacked. It's just, you know, you know, a, a cheap hosting company, shared account, you run a very high risk of getting hacked. So, 
I mean, we're not, other than people calling us out of the blue that have been hacked, we're not having any experiences with our current clients that they are getting hacked. One thing also is, um, is IP theft. That's one thing they can do internally if they really want you. And then um, I've been seeing a lot of the Chinese character thing, um, you know, in the Google search results. One other thing people don't realize is that in the Google search console, there's a security section. And if you go there, it will tell you what hacked you. It'll tell you what, you know, what the malware is and give uh -huh. you instructions on how to remove it. And then whenever yeah. you do remove malware, make sure you change all those passwords, including the database password. It's rare that they get into the database, but you want to make sure that they get that, that you change that database password. Too. Yeah, which is which is not hard to do. You just simply, um, you know, if you're in a PHP environment, you simply change it. At, you change it within the WHM or the cPanel. And then you just go to the config file, whether using WordPress or Joomla. They have slightly different names, but it's the same thing. And there's one, and there's one line you need to change and just re-upload it, and it'll work. And also on your computer, at, in your office or at home, wherever you're working on your website, make sure that you have, uh, uh, you know, a good security program on that. Uh -huh. um, not necessarily Norton or, or McAfee, but there's others out there. Um, malware bytes I like. Um, so anyways, make sure that you have that. Also use a VPN on your home computer or your office computer. Always mask your IP because what we were finding out with the um, hackings was a lot of it came from the person working on their website from their yep. computer. They're uploading the virus to their website as they're editing that WordPress article. And so that was the source. And we'd have to go back to people and say, you got to clean your computer. If you had to clean your computer, what are you talking about? It works fine. No, it doesn't. You hacked your own website. Yeah. Um, yep. Yep. And, uh, and uh, and some and what I, what I thought I heard you say, and I think this is also at least slightly relevant, is that sometimes websites get shut down because uh, the administrator logs in over and over again. So they read that uh, that same IP address logging in maybe five times in an hour because they they may have had like they may have thought they finished the web page, stood up and said, "Oh, I forgot to add that form," or "Oh, I meant to change that color." Oh, I got to change that name. And so they log in five times, and the, and the host recognizes that, and they say, oh, this is a suspected hacking attack. That means you have good hosting. And it also means yes. you simply need to whitelist your own IP address, which there are five or six different ways to do that are very easy. Always make sure you have two-factor authentication enabled. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I make the comment that sometimes... It feels like these companies are trying to protect us from our own damn data. Uh, so uh, there are certain protocols you can work out. Like, let's say you're working on a client's website, or you are the client, and you have somebody else working on your website or logging into your active campaign account or something like that. There are ways to have the two-factor authentication where the client doesn't have to be personally constantly bothered when they're paying $300 an hour to not be constantly bothered. That will be in compliance with this stuff. You just got to think. You just got to think smart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. like what? Yeah, like one. Like one example is we will email a code to you 
that'll be good for 10 minutes. Cool. Set that account so that the uh, address on file for that account is a forwarding alias that goes to the client and only to the people who would otherwise need that data. And if you and if somebody quits or you hire somebody else, remember to add and subtract somebody from that forwarder. You're covered. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it yeah. is. So it is. So it is possible. Like when we start with new clients, uh, one of the first things we do is uh, we set up a forwarder and we say, for the purposes of doing business with you, when we need to create stuff or you need to give us access to stuff for the time that we're working together use this alias that way you get it we get it and we don't get held up a day because we couldn't find you to get off often to something and you don't have to yes. be interrupted in the middle of doing important stuff when we need an auth real quick <laughs> that's how i spend my day trying to and, coordinate yeah. everything and and, and 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 if you have somebody else managing your youtube channel for you just add them as an admin to the channel i mean it, it's like it's like uh, you know, they could probably do it themselves if they're currently logged in as you. It's easy, but then once yeah. you have that, you have that you have that absolute security and control. And if uh, that person no longer works with you or whatever, you just remove them as an admin of that channel. It's so easy. Yep. Yeah, that works great. Yeah. All right. So we are near the top of our time, and what I do want to encourage people to do is uh, you want to visit Michael's website. It's www. nine one one WebsiteRepair.com. That's 911WebsiteRepair.com. This website has been live probably for as long as I've been involved in online marketing. When Michael was here seven years ago, this uh, site was live then. And when I spoke with him 10 years ago in my other business, the site was there too. Uh, this is uh, one of the pioneers in this type of support. And, you know, it's kind of like, a per, it's kind of like a, a personal injury attorney. Uh, you don't need them until you, you don't need them until you need them. But when you need them, you need them now. So, right. uh, so I encourage you to uh, engage with Michael. Uh, you said you have a YouTube channel. Yep, there's a YouTube channel. Also, uh, anybody that goes to my website, there's a form on the front page. Fill out the form, and I will send you my 225 Google tips that every webmaster or website owner needs to know. Ooh, okay. Perfect. Awesome. That that's great. That's a great gift. And thank you so much. Yeah, the YouTube channel is also called 911 Website Repair. Subscribe to it and click the little bell. Michael's got a lot of great stuff for you. He's got a lot of shorts with information. Um, he's got videos on all different types of topics related to this, like the, th the thing about your website images, he's got a whole video on that. Uh, the thing about website customization, he's got a whole video on that. Uh, the thing about uh, cheap website development, he's got a whole video on that. Mean cheap. Exa exa cheap doesn't mean cheap. Yeah, exactly. Why it's a terrible idea. Um, if your website developer does these two things, you will lose full ownership. That alludes to the line that I just described a minute ago on how to grant people access so you don't have to be personally involved every time they need another damn code but at the same time you keep control and um and uh and and, and another one uh, uh there's a whole video on using the google search console so all these things 
that we touched on in the hour that we had together, Michael goes into in detail. And I think you can see he's somebody who's really brilliant, really passionate about this stuff. Uh, he geeks out on it. I mean, this is like what he lives for. So you got a question, he will answer it for you. 911websiterepair.com. With that, Michael Jones, thank you so much for being with us today. It's been an honor and believe me in education. Oh, thank you so much for having me. We trust you enjoyed today's episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. Check out our previous and upcoming episodes on our website at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network so you get fresh episodes delivered straight to you. Until next time, have a great day. Take care. <laughs>